Hello and welcome to another podcast in our Best of MLEX series with me, David Plott, MLEX's Managing Editor for Asia. Today we're going to delve into an issue that's a scourge throughout this region, bribery and corruption. In this podcast, our focus is going to be on a bribery case from Indonesia. It's a story that MLEX corruption reporter Phoebe Sears broke back in 2016, and it's a story that's still ongoing a year later. I'm here with Phoebe. Welcome to this Best of MLEX podcast, Phoebe. Thanks, David. Phoebe, in reporting this story, you uncovered widespread bribery, bogus accounting, cover-ups, and other wrongdoing. Talk us through how the story unfolded. Okay, so it starts with, a, with an Indonesian power company called Max Power, but it's also drawn in foreign companies that are household names, Standard Chartered Bank in particular, but also Japanese conglomerate Mitsui and American multinational General Electric. Let's start with Standard Chartered. How did this global bank get involved with this local power company? Things basically kicked off in 2012 when Standard Chartered got a director appointed to MaxPower's board and it also injected more than $140 million into the business. Standard Chartered really bet on MaxPower because just three years later it actually became MaxPower's majority shareholder. Tell us, how did that work? So Standard Chartered got that shareholding through its private equity unit. And it wasn't long before that unit, Standard Chartered Private Equity, appointed one of its own employees as Max Power's CEO. And after that, more Standard Chartered Private Equity employees joined Max Power's board. So the plan around late 2014 and into early 2015 was actually to take Max Power public. So the company attempted a bond offering at that time, road showing in the US, in London, in Singapore and Hong Kong, but it was complete flop. It seems that investors just weren't interested. Do we know why there was no demand for the company's bonds? Well, I guess this is where things start to get a bit messy. In the run-up to that bond sale, Max Power actually filed a whistleblower who had raised some concerns about the company's practices. The whistleblower had said that Max Power was massively inflating its sales figures and they had serious concerns it was paying bribes to win business. So the whistleblower raised a red flag to Max Power's auditor, PwC, and Max Power then launched an internal investigation. And that investigation found that Max Power's management was routinely asking the company's finance department for bundles of cash. And the management was giving that cash to the lower level employees. And those employees were then handing it to the government officials, the Indonesian military and the police. And what were those payments for? Basically, it looks like Max Power used most of that money to bribe employees at a state-owned power company called PLN in order to win business. The investigation also revealed some shady transactions between Max Power's management and other companies that the management owned, and with companies that their wives and friends owned. So in some cases, those transactions were actually worth millions of dollars and all for goods and services that Max Power never actually received. Okay, so, so the whistleblower blew the lid off of all of this, and Max Power got rid of him. Where did things go from there? Okay, well, after the internal investigation shed light on the management using these cash advances to fund bribes, it seemed that the board realised a more thorough examination of the company was needed, so it brought on law firm Sidley Austin to conduct a second investigation. What can you tell us about that? Well, this is when the people really at the centre of the whole affair started to try to cover things up. Not only did certain members of Max Power's board initially try to limit the scope of Sidley's investigation, but they also tried to manipulate its findings. 
However, the board's attempt to sanitise the final report ran into trouble when Sidley came across a recording of a board meeting. That recording was made secretly by one member present, and in it, the board members are caught discussing how to get bribes to government officials after the cash advance system had been exposed. The recording provides a terrific insight into how things got done at MaxPower. You have a board of directors in a real quandary, wondering how to request cash from the company without raising suspicions. They talk about abusing a new bonus scheme and opening a fake consultancy, and at one point they even joke about handing out footballs stuffed with cash. That sounds like a real smoking gun. (laughs) Phoebe, you were the first to report uh, on the events at MaxPower, and that was back in April 2016. You followed up with more than 15 stories since then. What's the fallout been from those revelations? Okay, so the responses of the big corporates with ties to MaxiPower has been fairly predictable. Mitsui and General Electric have gone to great lengths to distance themselves from this company. General Electric didn't renew contracts with MaxiPower after the news broke, and that's ending a business relationship more than a decade old. And recently, Mitsui actually filed for arbitration against MaxiPower, which could have serious implications for MaxiPower's operations in Myanmar. Also, the entire former board of Max Power has been replaced, apart from one member who wasn't present at the meeting when the directors were secretly recorded. All the leaks prompted the company to start a new hunt for whistleblowers, but just a week after we reported on the new witch hunt, it seems that both the law firm and the investigators hired to find the source of the leaks decided to quit. So where do you see the story going from here? Well, Max Power and Standard Chartered Bank are still conducting their own investigations, as is the US Department of Justice. The DOJ will probably set the next steps in motions and determine the timeline for further development, so we'll be following those moves closely. The stakes are high, and for Max Power and its directors, that's perhaps nothing new. Because in places like Indonesia, it can be hard to do business if your rivals are paying people off and you're not. When you have investors to answer to, no one wants to fail. So the temptation is always going to be there to grease the palms of local officials. Well, that's certainly a dilemma and and one that Max Power's directors clearly addressed in their own way. But it's also a dilemma that faces many businesses, both foreign and local. As MLEX's reporting on Max Power shows, it's not an insignificant challenge. And as the Max Power Fair and other corruption cases continue to unfold, it's, it's not a challenge that's going to go away anytime soon. Phoebe, thank you very much for explaining this ongoing story for us. It's a fascinating chain of events, and we're looking forward to your next report. Thanks, David. If you'd like to read Phoebe's reporting on the Max Power scandal in full, you can find it on our website. Head to mlexmarketinsight.com. Click Library, and then click Special Reports. You've been listening to Phoebe Sears. I'm David Plott. Thanks very much for joining us. See you next time on The Best of MLEX.